Are you struggling to create engaging content for your B2B brand? Let Podcast Town help. Our expert services will help you develop a successful content marketing strategy, making your brand stand out and increase revenue. With our guidance, you'll create quality content that resonates with your audience and builds brand loyalty. Visit our website at podcasttown.net to learn more and to get started today. We help you launch, grow, and maximize. What's up, Enterprisers? Welcome to another episode of the Enterprise Now podcast, where we shape the mindset of the high achiever to think like an entrepreneur. We talk with masters of the craft to get the cheat codes to success, helping elite enterprisers level up and maximize their brand. I'm your host, LZ, the mayor. Now let's get to it. All right, Enterprisers, we are here with another awesome episode of the Enterprise Now Show. And you know what I'm going to say. I say it every week. I have a fantastic guest for you. We are going to talk about a few things. We're going to talk about speaking. As entrepreneurs, business owners, we speak. Hopefully, you're telling people about your vision. You're telling people about your passion and why what you do serves the world. So speaking is it could be a part of that. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about coaching. I got the question one time, if I had to say anything to my younger entrepreneur self, what would it be? And I, my answer was, I would tell the younger entrepreneur, Elsie, get a coach. One of the first things I would do if I had to do it all over again. So we're going to talk about coaching. We'll talk about the business model, specifically with Michelle. And then we're going to talk about as a service provider, how do you differentiate yourself from the pack? So, Michelle, before we get into any of the good stuff, can I get an oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Nice, nice. Okay, so we actually have met before, which is really cool. I love having repeat guests because from the time we talked the first time and today, some things have changed, I hope. Some things, some learnings have happened, some growth has happened, some perspectives have have shifted. And so you were episode 108 all the way back in 2018. So that was a little bit ago. Catch us up. What have you learned since we last talked? That is a loaded question because when you are someone who is a continuous learner, I really would not be able to specifically tell you exactly one thing I've learned over the last five years, right? If I could actually pinpoint one thing I've learned in five years, that would mean I hadn't been a continuous learner. But the one thing that I will say that I consistently do throughout my career is invest in myself. And the more the more business develops, the more opportunity comes. I find that really honing in on the investments of who I'm investing with, why I'm investing with that person, and what are the deliverables, that has been the one thing that I have learned to do well. Cool. So before we hit record, you, you told me that you're focusing on your speaking a lot these days. Why? Why Why is that? has that become a focus for you? Because I'm absolutely amazing at it. It's my gift. So <laughs> it's interesting. Uh, I know people think of speaking as one of those things to leverage, you know, the one to many to get in front of people to get more leads. 
I actually think recognize that speaking is my opportunity to give of the gift that I am. So I know that my I, I literally ignite confidence and it's not anything I do just in business. It's just who I am and who I've been for two plus decades now. So speaking is a platform where I get to do it on a larger scale. So let, let's dig a little bit deeper. Uh, before we hit record, we were talking about unpacking things and really giving specifics. So what, what are some of the things that you found that through speaking, you've been able to accomplish um, as, a, as a business owner, entrepreneur? As a business owner and an entrepreneur, what speaking allows me to do is it allows me to actually create more opportunities to speak. <laughs> so when I, I do it well, one of the things I do not do from stage is I don't pitch. So that's something I'm, I've never done it and I just will not do it because I really believe that's an opportunity to give people something that they can walk away with and implement. So in order to pitch from stage, you, you need to create urgency or you need to create pain. So people need to feel like there's something they're going to miss out on something if they don't buy immediately that urgency. So that is counter to giving somebody something that they can walk away and implement and do fully because they're invested in their future, not because they're invested in you as a part of their future. So it's a little bit different way of going about it. So when people can interweave that so that they're actually capturing client opportunities while you're giving people things that help them to have a better belief in themselves, that's powerful. You mentioned in your answer before that you are great at it, right? And you do it because it, it's part of, of who you are. I'm assuming that took some time and some self-discovery and some work internally to kind of say, who am I? What do I bring to the world? How do I best tell people about that, right? I mean, there was, was that some of the, of the process? Yeah, it has been some of the process. I've been speaking for over 30 years now. So I started speaking as a leader in a women's ministry way before I actually became a business owner, when I actually was in corporate sales and I was part of a women's ministry. And what we did was we transformed women who had gone through any type of abuse or were codependents or lived in just incredible dysfunction and things of that nature. And I was one of the speakers for that ministry where we transformed those women's lives their mindsets, their self-talk and all of that. And I didn't even want to do it then. So when I became a business owner <laughs> and, and someone by my skill, someone asked me to speak and they were just blown away and they were just like, you should be a speaker. And I was, I still fought it. It wasn't until I'd say within the last five years that I actually realized that I'm just really good at this. I'm just not going to get away from this. This is my calling. And then I decided to lean into it. And when I leaned into it, it actually got, became effortless and I actually enjoy it. I have fun with it. And, you know, the most recent talk I gave, which was, what was it on August 4th? So we're like 20 days ago was the standing ovation. Yeah, so, so it was an audience of women millionaires. So yeah, this is not something that I, I don't take it lightly. I really believe it's an opportunity to transform people. So I consider myself a transformational speaker. Very cool. Now, were there people in your circle, in your in your life that encouraged you? Did you have a, a coach that kind of helped you identify, identify those strong points? Or was it more of a self-realization that, that happened? It was literally someone asked me to share my experience and the way I shared it was so succinct and powerful and moving. They were like, you should be a speaker. 
And I was just like, really? I had never even thought about it. I literally never thought about it. <laughs> and then someone else was like, you know, another incident happened. They were looking for a speaker and that person happened to be in the room. They're like, oh, you should ask Michelle. She's an amazing speaker. And I was just like, really? So when people actually want to be a speaker, I have gone through that route very different than the average person. I, d- I did not want to be a speaker. So it really is me honoring the natural, the gift that I have to to deliver information in a way that people can actually see themselves in a process and pick up something and implement it after having the talk. So that is, and then over the years, the follow-up and, and running into people like, I go back to conferences year over year now. And when I go back to a conference and someone who saw me, they were like, oh my God, I signed up for your talk. I still remember what you said. So that, those are the type of responses that I, you know, or people see me on a post and they will comment. I heard Michelle years ago, right? Things like that. So, and to me, that's the whole point of speaking. It's not just to generate business, right? The whole business is relational, I find, instead of transactional, where you're actually leaving your clients better off for having invested in you, then you're creating these relationships where you're, you keep a pipeline. You keep a pipeline of opportunity where people are constantly referring you, recommending you. It makes business um, move more seamless versus when you're trying to get people to buy what you have to offer. Because then that's about you, the business owner, versus about the actual um, relationship or moving people to something better because of what you offer. That's fantastic. So let's talk about your business a little bit. Talk about what you do and who you help. Okay. So (laughs) I am a transformational speaker and confidence coach. So I work with teams, organizations, individuals. And what I do through the work we do is I help them to embrace what I call a radical responsibility. And through that, embracing that, and it's uh, really acknowledging that you're the creator of your life and really showing them through tools and processes and um, assessments so that they can be empowered by that, they develop a high-performance resilience, unstoppable confidence, and then they're able to deliver unprecedented results because what it creates in them is it creates a heightened sense of curiosity, a heightened sense of courage, a heightened sense of confidence. And that's what generally happens and is missing in many individuals in our workplace. They are hesitant to be accountable and responsible to deliver. They want to point and say, it's not my job title. It's not my fault. It's not my responsibility, right? And what truly happens is when you are that employee or that leader or that seller who can step in and confidently understand that even though maybe you didn't create it, the the situation, you are fully capable of delivering a solutions and a result that will exceed expectation, you become valuable. You become invaluable, actually. And that's what most people don't know how to do. Mm -hmm. I recently wrote a book and in the book, we talk about you making your bed. And if you don't like the bed that you've made, you have the power to change that bed, right? And so it's the same thing. It's like the concept is you are the owner of your life. I think is the you are the, the creator of your life is the way you put it. What have you found have, are some of the, the blocks that people have? My, my thing is I'm a no-nonsense, no-excuse type of guy. Like you can't walk up to me and tell me that I didn't achieve because they didn't let me. That, was, that don't fly with me. <laughs> it's just like, no. So what, what are some of the things that you seen as you you talk with you know tons of people like what are some of the the hangups the mental blocks that they experience that you help them walk through well 
I mean, uh, great question. And I applaud you for being a no nonsense type of guy. Uh, I will say we don't live in a world where the, the masses are no nonsense. The masses of our populations are living in excuses and reasons and justifications, right? It's something outside of them. So that's the biggest thing that people are not in, and you listen to them. It's, you know, what happened and what people don't realize is what you speak about, you bring about. And so if you keep talking about the problem, you can never have anything but a problem. It's so simple. It's so simple that it it's elusive. People can't even lock into it because it's just that, like I said, simple is not easy, believe it or not. Right. So, and then what you're thinking about, right. That people don't realize that as a human being, our brain is reptilian. So 70% of our thoughts are automatically negative because we're still in the forage and safety phase. We still think we're in a cave and there's, we got to get away and we got to, so feelings of discomfort, feelings immediately trigger most adults to danger instead of just being like, oh, it's just a situation. I can deal with it and I can handle it because most people have not been taught. It's not something that you magically know. You must be taught to learn how to deal with your emotions. I mean, think about it, Elsie. How many adults have you met who can deal with their emotions, right? When you get in a bubble of being around a lot of high performers, you start to forget that the masses can't like just go out and go to a, a grocery store, <laughs> like go, go out in public and watch the people to any public venue. They can't deal with anything that makes them uncomfortable, inconvenient, uncertain. When the unplanned and the unexpected happen, adults fall apart. So having that and realizing this is what you've hired, they're not equipped to go into make solutions and decisions on their own. And as an employer, it might not be your fault. However, if you want to create a formidable business, it is your responsibility to help them get over that hump. Because once you do that, you'll have an alliance and allegiance from those people. Man, there there's a ton to unpack there. To your point, driving here to the studio this morning, if you wait too long at the stoplight, grown-ups, adults, and it's not be that long. It was like, dude, you're not gonna <laughs> you're not gonna miss whatever it is that you're trying to get through to for three seconds of me not going at this stoplight. So it, it just boggles my mind how to your point, how grown-ups have a very difficult time regulating and, and really seeing what's important. What are some of the ways that you you help employers help their employees get there? Because that's not an easy thing to come to an adult and say, hey, adult, you need to learn how to manage your emotions. I'm assuming that's not how the conversation goes. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm like trying to gather myself because I'm cracking up because, yeah, that's basically what I do without doing it. So that's my, yeah, that would definitely be my sacred sauce. And I use a lot of self-deprecating stories. I use a lot of client stories. I use a lot of examples. And then I have tools where I can, where I actually help people to, and this is not, it's never going to be a hundred percent, right? But, and I help them face like where they are. So one of the things that I tell people, like when I'm on stage and they hear me talking, I'm like, well, let me explain to you. Your employer really believes in you so much they hired me. See, I'm unusual. I'm a fluffy black woman with dreadlocks. Most of the time when you bring someone in for this type of training, it's going to be a white guy. Let's be honest. 
right? Look at the industry standard. Look at look around. So the fact that they brought me in, they really want to rattle you and shake you up because they bring in, they want something different. So they wanted to jolt you from the go. The second thing is I'm formerly incarcerated. I come from a blue collar background. I was raised in a horrendous upbringing, right? So I could tell you story after story that would make, you know, your toes curl. So I am literally here to explain everything I'm telling you. I didn't magically know this growing up. This is something I have invested in becoming. I transform myself. We all can transform myself. And I've done it time and time and time again throughout my life. And it was the decision because I got sick of being miserable. So I've been miserable. I have been jovial. And they're both work. They're both work. I've literally sat in my living room two times in my life because I've been diagnosed with suicidal ideation because I was so depressed twice in my life where I sat there looking at a bottle of aspirin and in the dark on a couch and it was sitting on a coffee table wondering why, why was it worth it? So I've been absolutely and utterly miserable and I've had absolutely amazing, joy, joyful times and periods in my life. They are both work. The only difference is where I am now. It's fun. It's fun. So whatever you do, it, you're working at it. You have to work to be miserable. Hmm. Unpack that. You have to work to be miserable. What, what's that? You're making a decision. What people don't understand is every day is a decision. Every day you're taking action. From the time you get up, you're taking action all day long. It's just that once you decide, you once you stop and you look at where that action is taking you and you decide to change course, you will end up somewhere different. If you don't decide to change course, you'll end up where you've always been. So you're you're in action all so you're working all day long. It might not feel like work because it's routine. It's still work. I love that. One one of the things that I've learned over the years, right, in, in this season of my life is that you know, to your point, you have the choice to pers- of perspective, right? People ask me what's my favorite book and sometimes I'll tell them Pete the Cat and they give me the look sort of like the look that you have right now and they're like, first of all, what is Pete the Cat? <laughs> Second of all, why is your favorite book a kids book? Well, it's my favorite one of my favorite books because in the book Pete the Cat gets these brand new spanking new white shoes and he's happy about it. He's so happy about it that he starts singing a song about it. He's like, I got my white shoes. I got my white shoes. And he goes outside and he steps in some mud. And most people would be, you know, they would be upset because you just ruined your white shoes, but not Pete the Cat. Pete the Cat says, I got my brown shoes. And he starts singing in the, the book. He goes through, he steps in some red stuff and he says, I got my red shoes. And so I'm like, as an entrepreneur, that is the key to success. That's one of the keys to success. It's like, okay, you got these white white shoes. You just got them all money. Now you got brown shoes. Like having that perspective is so important. Um, t- talk about being a service fighter, provider, right? I- I'm hearing just from talking to you, your differentiation is you are uniquely qualified to do what you're doing. But as I, as you look at coaching, right, in general and speaking and any service provider, give us some tips and tricks on ways that we can differentiate ourselves and stand out. Yeah. So, and it's, and I would say, I don't know if there's tricks, sir, but the tips that I would say is do what you love because that's the immediate thing that will individuate you from everyone. If you truly understand what you love about what you do, that is going to be different from anyone else. And that's what most people don't talk about. Like I love clients who want to do the impossible. 
right? Because the word to me is not impossible. It's I'm possible, which is I am possible. And I am are the two most powerful words we can say in our English language. So when I coach and work with clients, I always want to know what what was it? Because they heard me speak generally, or they were referred to me by someone else. That's, I, I don't do a lot. Of, I don't remember the last time I had a cold lead. It's always warm, right? And, and they will tell me, and I always say, what was it? Like when you said, I'm going to schedule this call, or I called Michelle, what was the thing you were thinking? And I'm like, you cannot filter it. You cannot fluff it. It must be exactly as it came to you. And I could see sometimes they pause because they're like, I can't say this. And I'm like, say it. (laughs) Right. And that. So whatever that is. okay. I'm like, let's do it. And like sometimes they're taken aback because they're just like, really? I'm like, absolutely. Because that's what that was what you were given for me. That came through you. You can call it God, universe, divine, Buddha, Allah, the source, whatever. That came through you when you heard me. It can't, it's coming through you. So that's what we're here to co-create together. And that's what many people, people want to sell. And so that is within the realm of my offering. So if that's not one of my offers, I will hear that. And then I will also hear someone else's name, right? So if I'm listening to them, like I always say, when you do a discovery call with me, one of three things will happen. One, I tell them I am a a business owner. I will make an offer if it's a fit. If it's not a fit, I will look at who I can refer you to, to keep you moving forward. Someone I know, like, trust and respect. So I'm not going to just say, oh, I can't work with you and leave you hanging. I will hand you off to someone who can help you to keep that process moving, who I know will do well by you. And the third thing is it might be that you just needed a clear next step to move forward. And you got that from this conversation and then you walk away. So one of those three things will happen. But the one thing I guarantee is you will be clear about what that next step looks like having spoken to me on a discovery call. So that's my commitment to people whenever I speak to them. So you're, you're mixed. So you do the, the speaking and then the transformational coaching. In the future, are you going to do continue to do both? Are you going to prioritize one or, or the other? Or what does that look like five years from now? So the next time you come on Enterprise Now, what are we going to be talking about? Speaking. So I plan to finish up my book within the next six months and get that published. So speaking is my first priority. And then what I've been doing is creating some trusted referral partners. And then so things that I don't necessarily want to build out in my business, I will hand those over. You know, I'll partner with other people and be able to take someone who does, like I said, if it's not something I do, here's someone I know, like, trust, and respect who can do it with you. How's that process going? Finding the the, the strategic partners, the trusted advisors? You know, it's not difficult. I'm, on a, I'm an advisor for women sales pros, so there's like 50 of us, right? So <laughs> I, I have at my fingertips many women who do what I don't do. Like if someone wants to build out a sales playbook or something like that, that's not something I do. But I know a half a dozen women right now and women sales pros, that is something they do. They do it in varied degrees, so not all of them do it the same. So yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I'm also a founder for Shiftco, which is a business growth community for conscious entrepreneurs. So I have, there's a bunch of people there. So I do have people I know, like trust and respect who will take good care of people. Given your background, how'd you get so good at building relationships? 
Well, first thing is I always find that in order to establish trust, I must be trustworthy. And that is, and I I really have homes. So I do spend a lot of time, well, I won't say a lot of time, but I am very consistent in a morning routine that calibrates me to trust my inner promptings. And that's what most people don't do well is they don't spend a lot of time with themselves first and foremost in the day so that they second guess the little inklings. Like if you've ever had a bad incident with a human being, there was generally something, a red flag. It never just comes out of the blue. There are warning signs, right? We we are like any other warm-blooded mammal. We sense and smell. We just, we our, our minds talk us out of it. Our ego talks us out of it, right? Instead of being instinctually driven by what you know to be true. So that's one of the things that I'm really good at is that as well. And I ask questions, right? So I'm, I'm not hesitant. Once I start to hear a trigger, I really do clarify quick, right? And, and you know, quick, like, you know, people, can, they don't change their spots or their stripes, right? Who like, and when I tell people, when someone shows you who they are, believe them. Mm-hmm. Now, this is just me being petty, as the kids would say, but what is an example of a time where you were in either uh, on a discovery call or you're meeting somebody, they showed you a red flag and you asked the clarifying question. I just want to hear it from the mouth of the professional. Like, how does that go? Like, you see this red, red flag, right? The spidey senses are tingling. <laughs> What do you say? How do you handle that? Because maybe that's part of it is people don't know how to. Because I agree. I agree. People will show you who they are. And a lot of times we justify it away. Just curious, like this a mini masterclass in recognizing and calling out the red flag. Yeah. So this is a great question and a great topic. It's part of the work I do. So like you said, the spidey sense goes off. The average adult will feel uncomfortable. And because people do not spend time becoming comfortable, being uncomfortable, they lean back instead of lean in. Right. And, and it's that that it's like they don't know what to say. They freak out because what they do is they have the historical data of what that emotion means. Something bad. It triggers danger. Oh, my God. So they shut down. So all they can feel is the uncomfort. All they can focus on it is the uncomfort, which is locked there. So now the blood has stopped going up to the brain. <laughs> right. It's all in the heart. It's in the armpits. It's in the palms. Right. It's all of that. Now, for me, I recondition myself. So when that happens, I get curious, right? So there's no judgment like something's wrong or whatever. It's just curious. I'm like, oh, wow, that was interesting. I don't think I've ever heard anybody say it like that. Could Tell me more about that, right? Or, oh, wow. So why why do you feel that way? That, you know, so I literally ask a question, like, and I let them know, oh, I've never heard that, or that was expressed so uniquely, right? So it's almost like I compliment something that I'm thinking is weird to get them to feel comfortable enough to expand, right? So what many people think something's wrong and they start voicing wrong, which shuts the other person down. So the person knows and can hear, right? That's what we forget. We are mammals. People can sense, smell, and hear fear and desperation. So your ability to stay comfortable, regardless of what's going on, is what will help you stay in that heightened leadership role, right? Dictate, you know, the circumstances could be challenging, but it must never you dictate your 
confidence. And that's the hard. And the only way to master that is to be uncomfortable. You must constantly, and I don't even like the word must, but I am telling you, there's some times where I tell people I use it because if you want to master your business in your life, start stepping in to the uncomfort because it is not real. It's an illusion. Fear is not real. Fear is just your mind making up a story based on the historical data of that emotion. If you have a future of wanting success, you have never felt success in this moment. You must train your body to know that fear is success. Success and failure, mistakes are the opposite sides of the coin. The more successful a person is, the more they have faced down failure, the more they have faced down failure, the more they have made mistakes, the more they've had disappointment, the more times they've been broke and in overdraft, the more times they've been told no. I'm telling you, if you think you're going to get to this success that you have in your mind without dealing with all of this, it ain't going to happen. And yes, I just said ain't. Because I want you to feel what I just said. I love it. I love it. So what's next? What are we in the next year or two? What are we looking to do? What are some big, big goals that we're, we want to knock down? Oh, my God. So my biggest thing that's happening is on January 13th. So I do. I'm known as like vision boards. I started my business doing vision boards. I did them in retreats and workshops. And then I gravitated to speaking and doing uh, this corporate clients. And I still every single year in January, I do a vision board workshop because I believe that's like instead of making resolutions, which don't last, creating a clear, compelling vision is the power of what helps you to have deliverables that exceed your expectation. So January 13th, 2024, the theme is becoming more in 2024. I'll be having my 10th annual vision board and it's going to be live and in person. So you also be a hybrid and it will also be the 10th anniversary of my business. So that is what I'm looking for. I'm working right now. Southwest is one of my sponsors. So we're going to be doing it at their building here in Dallas, Texas. We're just confirming logistics and that will be up by, we'll have that out by September. So we're looking at making that announcement and giving people access to start registering by the first week of September. Very cool. If people want to reach out out, stay connected or book you to speak. How can they do that? Yeah, we, we can do it. Well, you'll have it in the show notes in detail, but definitely reach out at hello at michellebaker.com. So that's hello, H-E-L-L-O at M-E-S-H-E-L-L-B-A-K-E-R. So someone on my team confidence will respond to you immediately and get you all the necessary information to get things going. Awesome. Before we say goodbye, Michelle, is there anything that you would like to ask me? Yeah. So based off of what you have heard me say today, is there anything that you think that the listeners would benefit from me sharing? Like anything that I may missed out on or you think like, man, that was a lot. <laughs> Is there anything you'd like me to share so that the people that you've been serving so brilliantly over the years, I could really be of value to them in this time? The big thing, and I've found that this is true no matter if you're in year zero or in year 10 in your business. So we always are going through this, this iterative process of becoming and knowing what is the next thing. So maybe just spend a little bit of time because again, I, we talk a lot about self-mastery here, right? We talk a lot about, I have a joy meter, for example. When my joy meter dips below eight, I start to ask questions. 
like, okay, is this the right direction? Because the joy meter dips, right? So so just digging a little bit deeper on on alignment and, and realignment. How do we continue to make sure that we are eight, at least on that joy meter and moving in, in our purpose on purpose? Oh, well, the, a great question. So I'll give you like one of my basic principle philosophies. And I always tell people to dream big. So joy comes from satisfaction and fulfillment of a life lived well right? And joy is lasting above happiness is a temporary emotion. Joy is actually a mindset. And in order to shift your mindset to joy, you must be doing things that give you, you know, fulfillment and satisfaction. So how do you find fulfillment and satisfaction? Well, you decide who you're going to be, and this is above what you're going to have. And so when I tell people to dream big, the reason for big dreams is when you create something that's bigger than who you are and where you are, it helps your mind to stop worrying about the pettiness. Like the guy who honks at you, I promise you, he probably doesn't. (laughs) It might've just been a day, but generally people who are that triggered by the nuances of little things in life don't have big dreams. When you are focused on something that's bigger and greater than you, that you can't see or figure out how you're going to do it. It ignites you from in the inside internally. It causes your imagination to start to work in your favor instead against you, because that's the only way you're going to fulfill it is you have to start thinking big and positive and favorable outcomes. Otherwise you'll never achieve it. Right. And it actually helps to elevate your gratitude. So B I G B is belief. I tell people, if you have not sat down and written a vision of who you will become, what is the legacy? The number one regret of the dying is they didn't live a life true to themselves. Two is that they work too much, right? So when you find something you love, you don't never work a day in your life. So you squash the first two right there. So create a vision, a big dream that is something that matters and meaningful to you. What would make your life awesome? Write it out, right? And if you want to get biblical, Habakkuk, I can't ever say that name. <laughs> my friend was teasing me the other day. She was like, that's not how you say it. I was like, I'm just going to butcher it for the rest of my life. Habakkuk two, two, and three is write it plain and run with it, right? So know this, that you must get clear. And also the other thing about creating a vision, if your parents didn't go where you want to go, then you are trying to get to a destination with an old set of instructions. Love them and respect them, but you got to throw it out. You got to throw it out. You got to create a new set of directions for yourself so you can get there. If you're not willing to do that, you will never get there. I is imagination. Once you have in your sights, you've created the dream, you've written the blueprint, the roadmap, you're ready to go. Now, everything that comes against is going to be the opposite. We don't magically say you want something and it shows up. Now, in order to have more, you must become more. So that means that in the midst of things happening to you, begin to imagine that this is curating, cultivating, and defining your character. Because see, if you can't deal with the fact that you're struggling with money with a couple of hundred dollars in your bank, but you have a dream of being a millionaire, it's not going to happen. You must deal with like everything it's teaching you to be stronger, to hold more, to handle more, to deal with more. So imagine that it's working in your favor, regardless of how you feel, regardless of how you feel, everything. Even when I meet a difficult person, if I believe that I'm magnanimous and I'm an, I, 
confidence igniter, then guess what? I can ignite anybody's confidence, even the difficult person. And I just look at them curiously and I get excited. I get to validate who I am. I don't care who you are. You're going to walk away better for having met Michelle, right? And that's the imagination, right? So how do I get to do this with this person? And your mind is expansive, unlimited, unending in your imagination. And if you don't have the life you want, you're using that infinite imagination against yourself instead of for you. And the last letter is G. So once you have your big dream, you hair, big, hairy, audacious goal, this is what I'm going to create. You're practicing, you're honing, you're doing your quiet, your meditation, your, whatever you're doing to keep your mind focused. You read it every morning. You got it posted somewhere on your bathroom mirror because you have to keep reinfusing into you every day with this relentless drive that I am becoming and creating this. Then you just say thank you. Because see, when you trust God, universe, divine, Buddha, Allah, the source, whatever you want to call your higher power, that everything is working in your favor, why would you be anything but grateful? And that's what I tell people. If you truly want to create something, it doesn't just transform your the things that you are able to purchase. So this is beyond the accolades, the achievements, and the acquisitions. This is about you developing a character that no matter what happens, you will be in joy. You will be valuable. You will be able to circumvent and do and create from wherever you are a solution that's favorable for all. That makes you invaluable. And that's what most people don't get. On that, Mike Drop, Michelle Baker, thank you so much for your time. Welcome. Glad to be here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> If you got value from today's show, we want you to join the Enterprises Elite email list for more nuggets and resources. And remember, no excuses, just execution. Go get it. What a fantastic episode. Hey, listen, I want to know something. What is the top concern that you have in your business? Is it sales? Is it marketing? Is it finance? Operations? Shoot me an email, mayor at podcasttown.net. I want to start a conversation around these areas of business and how we can work together and help each other shine even brighter.